hatred. I don't know about y'all. I mean, I'm just, golly, I sit around and just sweat. I mean, that's just, so I turned it down. If you get cold, I, you know, you, you can shout at me or whatever. I apologize. I wear some long sleeves. I don't know. I, you know, it's goodness, I tell you. And on Sunday morning, you know, you get everybody in here, and uh, boy, those lights, uh, you don't realize how, how much heat they put off. And so last week, I was ringing wet. And uh, Bruce was on me when we get down to the uh, to the gym for the, the meal after. He said, you know, Pastor, take your coat off. I said, man, I'm soaking wet. You had no idea. I'm, the coat's covering up all the sweat underneath, you know. So anyway, so we're, I tell you what, uh, Nancy and I, we got home today, and and the kids, we, we put on a little video for them, and Nancy was, was curled up on the couch, and I was curled up about as tight as I could get up in a little chair, and we fell asleep, and I don't know what the kids did while we were asleep, but, but the house is still standing, so we're in good shape, I guess. I don't know. Boy, we were tired. I hope your day was good, and maybe you got some rest, and, and uh, Eddie Clyde was giving me a little report. They had a, a good deal over at Eastwood today, and uh, recognizing some of our public officials and things like that, so... Uh, it's neat to hear that, that uh, you know, our community is, uh, is doing well, I think. And I, I look forward to being able to contribute to that and, uh, and just see Murray and, and this area just continue to, to be impacted by the Lord and, and for us to come up with some creative ways to do that. So uh, I, I look forward to that. I think we've got some great people and some really good-hearted folks that, that want to see our community just be impacted by Jesus in a very real way and our young people to our adults to our retired folks and senior adults and all the way from birth all the way up and I, I hope that, that we'll begin to to, uh, to see that so um, as I warned you last week uh, you know I'm going to find you so I know somebody stole my stool so I think you sent me a message to stay up on the stage but I'm not going to do it so uh, I'm going to come and I'm going to get with you tonight so um, I, I wanted to kind of follow up what we talked about last Sunday night which was if you, if you remember, and I know it's been a long week, and I, you may have fallen asleep Sunday night on me, I'm not sure, but, but it, uh, we talked about just the power of the, the interactions that we have that sometimes we just miss, and how, uh, how the lives of, of Hannah, uh, who had a son named Samuel, who was impacted by a priest named Eli, and Samuel later anointed a king named David, who was used in God's plan to bring Jesus to the earth. Now, God was going to bring Jesus to the earth one way or another, but all those people got to be a part of it. And it was really cool. And so they had probably no real idea that that's what was going on. But the power of those interactions, everybody played their part. And so we talked about that last week. And I want to kind of follow up on that this week and talk to you about the power of something else that, that happens within those interactions that, that we have with people on a regular basis. Now, I wanted to kind of start tonight by by seeing if if maybe we can we have a little trivia a little, little quiz show so to speak and nobody nobody's going to fail the quiz so don't feel like you're going to walk away thinking that you don't know anything and all that but i i've got some some quotes from some presidents that i just wonder some of them are well known some of them maybe you have to think about the person to kind of get an idea of who said it and these quotes will all come from presidents from, the, from 1900 to the present. Okay, so folks that we're all probably familiar with, not going way, way back to the foundation of our country where we may not really know a lot about them. But I just wonder, maybe if you kind of go through, maybe if you're writing something down, just write down who you think said the, these particular quotes. How's that, all right? So we're, then we'll dive into the Scripture here in just a minute because I want to think about tonight the power of our words. 
And, and we'll look at a passage of Scripture that really talks about that. But presidents carry great power in their words. What they say can become policy very quickly. And sometimes what they say, they don't want to become policy or they don't want everybody to know, but it can very quickly. And so uh, here, here are some, some quotes. And, and again, presidents from 1900 to the present. Okay, so including our current president uh, and, uh, so, and all the way back to 1900. All right, so here's, here's a quote from one of our presidents. A man is not finished when he's defeated. He's finished when he quits. A man is not finished when he's defeated. He's finished when he quits. Now, just get an idea of who you think that is. We'll come back to him in just a minute. I'll, I'll make sure that, that we go in the right order and we'll see who, uh, who, if anybody here, can get a couple of them right. So we'll see. All right, here's a second one. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Maybe you remember that. I remember seeing that. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Uh, here's another one. Any man who wants to be president is either an egomaniac or crazy. Any man who wants to be president is either an egomaniac or crazy. Here's another one. America was not built on fear. America was built on courage, on imagination, and unbeatable determination to do the job at hand. America was not built on fear. America was built on courage, on imagination, and unbeatable determination to do the job at hand. Here's another one. There is nothing wrong in America that can't be fixed with what is right in America. There's nothing wrong in America that can't be fixed with what is right in America. Here's another one, probably familiar to you. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. If you know it, you can say along. Ask what you can do for your country. Hopefully some of you get that one right. That's one I would have known. I, I, I would have gotten that one right. Some of these other ones, not sure. Recognizing, here's another one. Recognizing and confronting our history is important. Transcending our history is essential. We are not limited by what we have done or by what we have left undone. We are limited only by what we are willing to do. Recognizing and confronting our history is important. Transcending our history is essential. We are not limited by what we have done or what we have left undone. We are limited only by what we are willing to do. And I'll give you one more. A good leader can't get too far ahead of his followers. A good leader can't get too far ahead of his followers. So we'll roll through these and kind of see, see if anybody's got an idea, and I'll tell you the right answer here in just a minute. All right, how about that? So the first one I read was this. A man is not finished when he's defeated. He's finished when he quits. Anybody got an idea on that one? What do you think? Roosevelt? Roosevelt, anybody else got a guess? Roosevelt, the consensus then? Actually, that was Richard Nixon, so I guess he was finished because he quit. So um, kind of ironic, I suppose. But it does. It sounds like something Roosevelt would have said. It's interesting to, to think about the character, what we know of these men that have led our country and, and try to, to, to match them up. That's pretty interesting. <laughs> that was Richard Nixon. The second one was Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Who was that? Ronald Reagan, absolutely. That was a that was a very powerful moment. If, and if you happen to be watching that on TV or have seen it, you know since then, and, and you remember that. The third one: any man who wants to be president is either an egomaniac or crazy. Any guesses? That one's kind of a toss-up. Could go either way. That was Eisenhower who said that. And uh, Eisenhower, Dwight Eisenhower. All right. The fourth one was this: America was not built on fear. 
America was built on courage, on imagination, and unbeatable determination to do the job at hand. What do you think? Anybody? Any guesses? Nobody wants to be wrong, do they? Okay. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, good. I mean, we've had some pretty good presidents throughout the, the last several years. There's a lot of guys who have been, you know, some guys that, that did a good job. That was Harry Truman. Harry Truman said that. Like I said, I, I will only have one right now if, if I were you. That's all I'd have. So, All right, here was the fifth one. There is nothing wrong in America that can't be fixed with what is right in America. Anybody know that one? I remember when this was said, so that will give you an idea a little bit, fairly recent. wasn't Bush, but it was Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton said that. Nothing wrong in America that can't be fixed with what is right in America. The sixth one was this, that I think that many of us probably know, and so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. That was Kennedy. You remember when he gave that speech? That was, that was at his inauguration, and that's what he challenged America to do. So, uh, the seventh one was this, recognizing and confronting our history is important. Transcending our history is essential. We are not limited by what we have done or what we have left undone. We are limited only by what we are willing to do. Any guesses on that? It's a tough crowd. Nobody wants to be wrong. Everybody, I don't want to say anything because I might be wrong. <laughs> so I, hey, I'm telling you, if I were in your shoes, I'd be guessing too. That was George W. Bush, as a matter of fact, our current president. Um, and uh, the, the eighth one that I gave you, the last one was, a good leader can't get too far ahead of his followers. Good guess. Good guess. Incorrect, unfortunately, but thank you for guessing. Bill, this one goes back. That's Franklin Roosevelt who said that. A good leader cannot get too far ahead of his followers. Now, I'll give you a couple of bonus ones from some presidents past. How about that? Just two bonus ones. Here's one. And in the end, it's not the years in your life that count. It's the life in your years. Anybody got a guess on that? President past. That was Abraham Lincoln. Good, good job. You, you win the bonus prize, which I have yet to determine what that is. Handshake it when we leave. And here's, here's another one. Advertisements contain the only truths to be relied on in a newspaper. Anybody have an idea who said that? Advertisements contain the only truths to be relied on in a newspaper. Sorry if you work for the newspaper. That was Thomas Jefferson who said that a long time ago. Some things have never changed, you know. So. But you know, the, the, the words that, that we hear stick with us. I mean, some of those quotes are very, very familiar. And I, of course, could have, could have selected others that immediately you would have known you know, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself, and you'd immediately think Roosevelt. And, and you know, we, we could come up with quotes, you know, four score and seven years ago, and we could immediately think Gettysburg Address and Lincoln. I mean, you know, and, and, and words stick with us. And maybe you've had things in, in your life and words that have stuck with you. I think back to my dad. And when I was a kid growing up, and dad had a couple of things that he would always tell me. And one of them was when I didn't want to go to bed at night on a, on a school night, he'd always tell me, we got up at 6 o'clock every morning. He said, now 6 o'clock comes early in the morning. And I think, Dad, it comes the same time every day. It's not any earlier than it was yesterday, you know, but he, 6 o'clock comes early tomorrow morning. Better go to sleep. And, and, then, and then the one I probably remember the most about what Dad used to tell me is you can do this the easy way or the hard way. Now, the easy way was I just did what he said. The hard way was I did what he said right after I got my butt spanked. You know what I mean? So that would, uh, that would bam, and he'd hit me, and I'd do what he said then, you know? So my tail would get whipped, and I'd, mm, I'd get in line then. Easy way or the hard way. Now, 
I want you to think of, maybe get in your mind, some of the things over time, the words that have stuck in your mind, good, bad, or otherwise. What is it that's in your mind that, that every once in a while comes back up? Maybe some encouraging words somebody's told you. Or maybe you came from a family that, that words of encouragement were nowhere to be found. Maybe you constantly heard, I love you, in your home. Maybe you never heard it. Maybe you've had words that have stuck in your mind that cut you to the core. The old saying is, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me, and that could never be further from the truth than what it really is. I mean, words can absolutely hurt you. And some of us in here have been destroyed by the words that we've heard. And I want you to take a look at, a, at just a, a little verse that, that I think can, can resonate with us tonight. Turn to the book of Proverbs. When you get to Proverbs, look at chapter 18. I think this is probably for me, and, and I, I would assume because you're human like I am, probably for you too, one of the most difficult things to remember. It's such a habit for us just to talk about things, and we just talk with our friends or talk with our family, our husbands, our wives, our children, grandchildren, and so on, and sometimes we just don't think about the words that we say very often. And, but the truth is, here in chapter 18, look at verse 21. The tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. The tongue has the power of life and death. Well, if you've been, been, been impacted by that, you know the tongue has the power of life and death. You ever been in a situation where all you need was somebody just to say, I love you, I care about you, and that comes through and somebody does, and it's just not just turn your day around. That's all you need is just a word sometimes. Boy, if you've ever been in a situation where the last thing you needed was somebody just to throw another dart and they say something. The last thing you need is another word of discouragement and that's exactly what you get from that person that you interacted with. The tongue has the power of life and death. You think about those phrases that may be going through your mind right now, the stuff that you heard when you were growing up or, or even since then, maybe from a spouse or from a parent or from a child, and, and you hear those things. I, I know that my kids are still developing and learning, but I sometimes hear them say things, and I think, oh, I wish they wouldn't have said that to each other. I don't want you in my room. Get out of my room. It's mine. Things like that. And they are still growing and developing, and everything's mine when you're that age, and you know, and Boy, I just wonder, what will their words be like? What will stick with them? And I'm thankful that I had a family that, that loved me and loves Jesus, and, and they built into me words of encouragement. But I've also seen a lot of people that are so impacted by the words that people have said that the tongue that has affected them has brought death. If you think about some of the, the principles that the Bible lays out for the words that we ought to say, Get in your mind some of those things. Just things that you know are in the Proverbs or maybe in Psalms or things that Jesus talked about. Th think about some of, the, some of the teachings from the Bible about what our speech should be like. 
and, I, and I'm not going to put you on the spot to quote the verse, okay? That's not going to be the issue. But what are some of those principles from the Bible that, that God has taught us about the words and the conversations that we have? Anybody remember something like that? Just feel free to call it out. What are some of the principles that we've got there in the Scripture? Yeah. Honor your father and mother. Boy, and that can happen absolutely through the way that you talk to them. Absolutely. What else? What, 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 what else about the words that we say, the conversations we have? Absolutely. The Bible says it ought to be to build others up. And if we talked like that, we'd probably talk a lot less because a lot of times what we have to say is not building others up. I mean, that's just human nature. It's the way we are sometimes. What else? What else do you remember from, from what the Scripture has to say? What does the Bible say? A soft answer does what? Turns away wrath. I mean, you have, it, it, even in the midst of conflict, you still can maintain control of that situation. What do you have to say? You ever been in a situation where nobody wants to give in? If you've been married, you've probably been in that situation. If you've been around anybody at all, probably been in that situation. Maybe had one on the way to church this morning or this evening. You know, I've been there, okay? Yeah, I'm a pastor, but I've been there. I'm, I'm, I'm human. I know how it goes. But, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's all right. I, I know where you live. And, uh, uh, <laughs> oh, okay. I got you. Right. All right. <laughs> uh, I don't even know what I was talking about now. Thanks a lot, Bruce. I appreciate it. But, you know, you, you've had those moments where nobody wants to give in, but when, some, when somebody just says a soft word, when somebody will apologize, when somebody will say, hold on just a second, let's back up from this. Well, it can turn away anger in a heartbeat. You know, the Bible has all sorts of things to say about the words that we say. And it kind of comes down to this verse, the tongue has the power of life and death. And if you're a parent, I, I want you to, to make sure this resonates with you. The tongue has the power of life and death. I thought about that today when I was thinking about what I would talk about this evening. And I just thought, boy, with my kids, what I have to say to them has the power to give them life or to suck it out. And, and, and what an incredible responsibility. It's a scary responsibility. I mean, you think about the people that you're around every single day, whether it's your spouse, your children, any, any family members, a friend, a neighbor, a co-worker. What you have to say to them carries with it the power of life or death. And what's even more than that, that as a believer in Jesus Christ, you have an amplified power to bring them true life. Not just an encouraging word, a pat on the back and say, hey, I hope your day's great, but to speak life into them. And I hope that each, each week, and, and this is one of my goals as, as fulfilling this role of pastor, is to speak life into this church, to speak life into you as an individual, into you as a family, into you as a body, to speak life, because the world wants to take it away from you. And I hope that the interactions that we have We'll not miss the power of our words. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to do two things. One is before you leave tonight, and the other will be after you're already gone. One tonight before you leave, I want you to find somebody. I don't care who it is. It can be your spouse. It can be the person you came with. It can be somebody you don't even know. It doesn't matter to me who it is. But I want you to find somebody that you can speak some life to. And, and with your words, 
give them the power of life. You have no idea what they're dealing with. You, you realize that? You don't know what I'm dealing with before I get here, and I don't know what you're dealing with before you get here, but at least while we see each other, we can speak some life to each other, and we can be encouraged, and we can take advantage of the power of our word. So I'd, I'd ask you to do that before you leave tonight. And again, it'd be the person next to you. That's fine with me. Just find somebody you can speak life into. And don't think that just because I'm talking about it, I want everybody to come to me. I want you to find somebody out there, okay? Speak life to them. And then this week, I want you to find somebody that maybe you haven't spoken life to in a while. And speak some life to them. Use the power of your words to bring them alive. Maybe that's one of your kids. Maybe that's one of your parents. Maybe that's your spouse. Maybe that's your neighbor. Maybe that's whomever you come up with. But take advantage of the power that God has given you through the words that you can say to speak life to them. Imagine what can happen if you're that person who speaks life to people. Number one, you're going to be a whole lot more popular. Don't have any friends? Start speaking life to people. You're going to have some friends. Because they want to be around. People are desperate to be around people who don't take life from them. But give it to them. Number two, you're going to be right in the center of God's will because that's what Jesus did. You think about his life. He was constantly speaking life into people. He saw fishermen by the shore, spoke life to them, said, follow me. He saw a lady at the well and spoke life to her and brought forgiveness. Every person he interacted with came alive as a result of that. What if you were that person? What if we were that church that anytime somebody walks through those doors, they know they're going to be have life spoken to them. And so I, I hope that tonight, before you leave, you'll find one person, speak some life to them, an encouraging word, something about them that they need to hear. And just say, you know what, I love you, and I'm glad I know you, and you've been an encouragement to me. And then this week, find that person who maybe you haven't spoken life to in a while, and speak it into them. And parents, I, I, I want to I wanna challenge parents of, of children that, that are still in the home. And that's me included. And that's, that's Nancy and that's, that's some of us in here. I want to challenge us to daily speak more life than we speak death. Because it's one or the other. I want to challenge us to speak life to our children. If you're the parent of a parent of young children, begin speaking life to them and maybe it'll rub off on them. Maybe, maybe it'll just trickle down. Maybe you can challenge them in some way. We all have this power to use our words for life, and I pray that we'll do it. So I'm going to ask uh, Randy to, to just lead us in a closing song. We can kind of we'll wrap up that way. And don't forget, don't let Satan distract you on the way out. Speak life to somebody before you leave, and use your words this week to speak life into someone maybe you haven't done in a while. So join them as we sing, and we'll close with that.